you don't want to be stale and stinking, but you want to be on fire this morning, then lift your hands and ask the Lord to set you on fire. I don't know about you. I want the Holy Spirit to reign in me. I want to have a fire that I can set my generation on fire. I want to have a fire that I can set the people on my job on fire. I want to have a fire that every business I touch will be on fire and it will grow for the Lord. I want a fire that everywhere I walk I have dominion. I have authority. I want a fire that everything I touch it prospers. That's the type of fire that I want this morning. Father, we thank you this morning, God. Set us a fire. Every person in this place, God, let them not be spectators this morning. But, Father, I pray that you would set them on fire. I thank you for those that are thirsty for you this morning, God. I thank you for those that are hungry for you, God. I thank you for those that didn't just come in here just to say that they came to church on another Sunday. But, Father, this morning, I thank you that our hearts want more of you, Father. We want the Holy Spirit to reign in this place God we want the reign of the Lord to be in this place that every person that's dry God every person that's busted and disgusted would be set on fire the rain would rain God we pray this morning that everything that we have need of this morning that you would give it to us father speak through me have your way hide me behind the cross God like Jeremiah God put your words in my mouth let it be a fire this morning father let me preach with boldness let me teach with boldness father thank you that our hearts are open to receive in jesus name amen we're going to genesis 11 i don't know about y'all i'm excited this morning i'm excited about what god is doing getting my wisdom teeth was like revolutionary for me i know it wasn't some of y'all have gotten your wisdom teeth some 20 30 years pulled but uh i just got mine pulled and uh i was nervous i was scared i was crying I was like, Lord, I need to make it through this surgery, Father. (laughs) But I thank God because one of the things that I realized through that experience is that no matter how much you think you're in control, there is something to where God will show you that you have no control. There was nothing I can do when I was back with that dentist. And and when they say you're going to have to get off for your, I'm like, what? You're going to have to get off for your wisdom teeth pool. And then you're like, we're going to put you under and blah, blah, blah. And immediately I begin to call on the Lord. And the reason being is because I realized that we are not in control. That at that moment, I needed God to get with that oral surgeon to pull my teeth, to not touch the wrong nerve, to not hit something that ultimately caused me brain dead. I mean, there's so many things that can happen. And so I was like, God, I thank you that, yes, I invite you into this dental office right now to be with this surgeon, to lead and guide this process. Because I realized that ultimately at that moment, I needed him. And when I woke up from from them putting me under, I began to thank him. Because I was like, God, thank you for keeping me and protecting me. Because, again, that that whole thing made me realize that God is in control of everything. That there is nothing that we control. And I don't know if you're like me. You like to control things. You like to think that you're in control of everything. But God has a way of showing you that you're not in control of anything. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not in control of nothing. Look at the other one. You're not in control of nothing. All right, let's go. Genesis 11, 27 is where we're going. 26 is where we're going. I'm going to be reading out of the uh, NASB this morning. I'm super excited to share the word this morning. Uh, thank God for Pastor as he's out. Uh, pastor Chris is out this today. And I am Angela McGill, the executive pastor of The Light 
And I am super excited uh, to preach this word this morning because it's, I never want to preach something that's not revolutionary for my own life. And so this, I could preach it in my sleep uh, this morning. So we're going to go to Genesis eleven twenty six. The Bible says, Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abram, Nahar, and Haran. Now these are the records of the generation of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahar, and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father in Terah in the land of his birth in the Ur of Chaldeans. And so we see we have Terah here. Terah has three sons. One of them died, that's Haran, in the land of Ur of Chaldeans. Then in verse 29, it says, Abram took, Abram and Nahar took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahar's wife was Melchah the daughter of Haran, and the father of Melchi, and Iscah, and Sarah was barren, and she had no child. Verse 31 is where I want to focus, 32. And Terah took Abram his sons, and Lot the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, and son Abram's, and his son Abram's wife. And they went out together from the Ur of Chaldeans in order to enter into the land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran and settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. I want to read that again because I want you to pay attention to that. It says that Terah took his kids, took the wives of his kids, and they left Ur of Chaldeans in order to go to the land of Canaan. Most of you know this, but the land of Canaan was the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. So he left Ur. He went to the land of Canaan. They went as far as Haran. And they settled there. So he was going to a place and got tired in the middle and settled at Haran. The days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. Jump over to Genesis 12 for me. And we're going to start at verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go, look at your neighbor and say, go. I love how God just puts that one word right there. Go forth from your country, go from your relatives, go from your father's house, go to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, Abram, and I will bless you and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And the ones who curse you, I will curse. And in all the families of the earth, you, Abram, will be blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, what do you do in in-between places? Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, what do you do in in-between places? You're going to have your seat. I said I can preach this because this has been me for the past probably three, four months in an in-between place where I'm not quite where I used to be, but I'm also not quite at that greater place where I want to be. I'm not quite where my past is, but I'm, and y'all see me in the middle of my uh, examples this morning. I'm not quite in my past, but I'm not quite in my future. I am dead center in an in-between place. And often when you're in an in-between place, the question comes, what do you do? When you are in an in-between place, because for most of us, it would be easy for me to just trickle back over here 
to my past. And for some of us, the past is no longer, you know, uh, uh, an appetite for us. And so we want the future, but we don't know how to get. Now, the stage is little, so it looks like, you know, just use your imagination this morning. The future is far, but it's like I'm not quite in reaching distance to it, but what do I do to get from this place to that place? I don't want to go back, but sometimes my past is a little closer for me. I don't necessarily want to go back, but sometimes I reflect because it's what I know is my past. And so often I'll reflect on it, but I want to get there. But how do I get there if I don't know the path to get there? That's what we're going to talk this morning. High five your neighbors say, what do you do in in-between places? I want to talk about this because in Genesis 11, man, this blew my mind when I was reading this a couple of weeks ago. I never even knew about Tara. And so I started studying this because God gave me this word about what do you do in in-between places. And we see here that Tara, Abram's father, decides that he was tired of the Ur of Chaldeans where they were living. And so he decided, look, you know what? I'm going to take my kids. I'm going to take their wives. And we're going to go on a journey to leave from the era of Chaldeans to go to the promised land. Every time you hear me see Canaan or you hear me reference it, I want you to look at the future over here with all these snacks. That's where I want you to look. And so Terah decides I am back here in what will be considered my past where this charcoal is, this dark place. I want y'all to see my examples this morning. So the dark place over here, I'm tired of this place. I'm going to take my kids, and we are going to go to Canaan, the future place. And so we see him do what I would consider a good deed. He had good intentions to go to the future land. And so you will probably wonder what I wondered. What made this man stop in the middle of the journey in Haran when he said he was going to Canaan? And I want to propose to you this morning is that he had good intentions this morning. He had his kids, and he said, look, I'm kind of tired of the Ur of Chaldeans, or Ur. You know, the place was good, but it wasn't great. And so he wanted something greater. And so often when you want something greater, you have got to move from where you are. And so what happened is he gets his kids, and he says, look, we're going to go to Canaan. We're going to go to this place of snacks. We're going to go to this place where God is going to bless us. We're going to go to this place where we're not going to want, and God is going to take care of us in this place. And so he had good intentions to go from this place to that place, but the issue is good intentions without God directives mean nothing. And I want you to hear that. Good intentions without God directives mean nothing. So if I am here and I have good intentions to take my kids and to go there, then somewhere I'm going to stop here. Why? Because I don't have the God directives. And so I could be over here, but I don't know exactly the specifics to get to this place. And so I want to propose that Tara had a good idea, which was, okay, let's get my kids. The issue was he didn't have God directives. And if you are in a place of waiting and you don't know how to get to that greater place, then you don't want to move unless you have God directions. 
You don't want to move unless you have the specifics. Why? And, and this is a point this morning is that God protects that in which he directs. If God directs you, then he's going to protect you. If you direct you, then who has to protect you? You. And so when Tara started out with good intentions, he gathered his kids and he said, look, I'm tired of being in the Ur of Chaldeans. I want something greater. And I believe he wanted something greater too because this place was a place of mourning for him. His child died in Haran. And so this dark charcoal over here was often, when he got up in the morning, was a reflection of his kid died here. And so somewhere you get tired of being in that sad, mopey place and you decide, look, I don't want to stay here no more. I don't really have a lot, but I'm going to pack up what I have to go after the greater and that's a word for someone this morning is that you're tired of being here but the only way to get from here you can't you 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 can't go back here so the only way to get from here is you got to go there but the only way to go there is you've got to move and so he got his stuff got his kids and decided look we're gonna head to the land of Canaan to this land of snacks this land of juices man I see some stuff I can't really see everything but I'm ahead there because that is better than where I was and so he started off with a good deed but the issue is he didn't have God directives and so he got to this place and when he got to this place it looked like well man I'm a little further than where I was I'm not quite where I said, come on, and that's a word for somebody. You've been talking about you don't want to be in the past, and so you made a few steps, but it's not enough steps to get you to where God is calling you. He has greater for you, and so you made some steps to get you from here, but it's not enough steps because this is still not even within reaching distance. And so for someone this morning, God is saying, it's okay, you, you've made some steps, but where I'm taking you is going to require more steps for you to take. And so for some of us this morning, we launched out on the go. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm tired of this. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm moving. I'm tired of these people. I don't want to be connected to them no more. I'm tired of this job. I'm tired of these folks. And so we launched out with good intentions. But somewhere the weather, because he launched out in the desert, he didn't just launch out to go through like the cushy land. He launched out to go through the desert to get to Canaan because that was the only way to go. And so I want to propose this morning is that he didn't have God directives. And so when he got out there and it was hot and just like me, he was sweating and he was tired and you can only carry so much food from here to here. I mean, he didn't have like grocery carts and stuff. They had to pack what they could to take it to Canaan. And let me put this in perspective for you guys. This is an 1100 mile journey for him. So from Ur to Canaan was 1100 miles. So let's just say he went 20 miles a day. He got to 30 days. It was 600 miles he was in Heron, and he decided to stop. 
And some of you may look at that and say, well, man, he traveled 600 miles. Wasn't that good? No, because if he left here with the intention to go to Canaan, then he should have went all the way to Canaan. But the reason he couldn't is because he didn't have specific directions. And so he started off, and I just want to propose that the wind started beating him. It started getting hot. That food was heavy. He was like, look, okay, we're not quite where we used to be. So Abram, Nahar, Sarah, we just going to chill right here. We're going to stop. And they stopped right in Haran. The issue with stopping right in Haran is Haran was a land full of idol worship. And so they got and they stopped at the 600 mile mark. But the issue was they stopped in a land that was full of idol worship. And so now you're in a place that's, yeah, it's Haran. It's nice. It's a little better than your past. But the issue is it's full of idol gods. You have all these idol gods. And not only that, it was a place that was full of wealth. So my little Christian imagination feels like Terah left Ur and was on his way to Canaan and his eyes got in Haran and saw prosperity and saw cattle and saw all this. Now, mind you, if he would have just went to Canaan, there was way, the Bible talks about when you skip over into Joshua, there was grapes that were huge. They could barely carry the grapes. They had to carry them with two hands. So if he would have just went to the land that he said he was going, which ended up being the land that was the promised land for Abraham, he could have got way more that God had for him. But the issue was he get tired, just like many of us. We get tired, and so we leave this place which is like, man, I don't want all this junk, and I'm tired of living check to check, and I'm tired of this job, and so I'm going to launch out and start my own business. I'm going to launch out and break away from some of those bad relationships. I'm going to launch out and get away from my family. I'm going to launch out and do something to get me to this greater place. And so that was a good deed, but you didn't have God directives. So you get to a place of hearing, and now there's idol worship, but it looks pretty good. And so because it looks pretty good, you decide to settle right here at the 600 mile mark and the issue was let's jump because I want to show you this Joshua 24 so you don't think I'm just giving you Angela this morning I want you to jump to Joshua 24 and 2 and I'm gonna show you Joshua 24 and 2 and it said Joshua said to all the people Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, from ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahar. And they what? What does that say? They served other gods. And so how do we know they served other gods? Because the Bible tells us. And so you left this past place and you're on this journey, which seems pretty good. You get to Haran and you stop because of what you see with your eyes. It looks like a good place, but it ultimately causes you to disobey God. And you get into a place of idol worship. Not only were the people worshiping idols, but the Bible says that Terah and Nahar, his son, it didn't throw Abraham, but I'm pretty sure he didn't stay back and just watch them so they all got into idol worship all because they would not wait for God directives because I believe this with all my heart 
if you're in this place, because we're in three different places here. If you're in this place, I believe that you're tired of this place. And you're saying, man, God, I want greater. And that's why I had the praise team sing that song, because that's raining still with me. Is that there are people that are saying there's more than this, man. There's more than this check to check. There's more than this loneliness. There's more than just kicking it to kicking it. It's more than just clubbing. It's more than just seeing my family and everybody's at poverty. There's more to this. And so God knows your heart. He knows you don't want to stay here. It's not his will that you should suffer. And so he's not going to leave you here. But the issue is you can't leave here until you hear from him. So it's not enough for you to just launch out because you're going to be just like Tara. You're going to get out there and the journey's going to get hard. You're going to get out there and people are going to be cruel. You're going to get out there and the wind's going to begin to blow. You're going to get out there and people are going to talk about you. They're going to say, why you started this business? You're going to get out there and say, man, I want to be a millionaire. And they're going to shoot your dreams down. Why? Because, yes, those are all what I would consider good things. And it's things in your heart. But in order to get to that place, you've got to have God directives to get you there does that make sense you don't want to launch out unless God gives you the specifics and for some of us we're not there anymore we've we've left that that past place we're right here and so for me I can look back and say man thank God that I'm not where I used to be thank God that I'm not in that past place thank God that I'm not in that dark place I can say thank God that I'm not that angry person I used to be when I was a teenager thank God that I'm not that little girl that wanted to fight every person that came my way that was talking about me because I had low self-esteem thank God that I'm not in this place but I'm also not in that place and so in this in-between time I'm frustrated I'm stressed I'm like God man I'm tired of sitting right here and here I'm tired of staying here I want something greater but I learned from my daddy because Abraham learned from Terah he didn't just launch out from Haran to go to Canaan he learned and for some of us we have to learn from our past mistakes you may have been that person that just threw the dart and hoped that it will land but God's saying no more don't do that anymore because that cost you too much the last time you ever thought something was good I can talk about Angela all day you ever thought something was good and you launched out in it like this is a good ooh, this is a good idea. I'm finna do it. Only to get caught up in it and it was way worse than what you thought. You ever connected to somebody because you're like, oh, I love him. I just, ooh, I just love him or her. And we're just going to be in love for 50, 100 years. And it's just going to be us. Only to marry them and find out they was crazy. Only to connect to them and find out they was lazy. Only to connect and find out that they don't want to do anything. See, it was a good idea. It seemed like something great. And your feelings and your sight was saying, ooh, yes, we going to be together. Only when you get in covenant, whether that's friendship, relationship, whatever, you get in covenant and find out it's a whole different person behind the scenes. See, that was a good idea, but it wasn't a God directive. And so you did it and God gave you grace, but now he's going to make you walk it out because you did it in your own intentions. And so now God is going to make you walk it out. That's not just relationships. That could be a business. That could be starting a job. I am that person. Listen to me. I'm that person that if I'm on a job and I don't like it and okay, you just really worth, I'm just going to find me another job. And I go out there 
and I get another job, but because I didn't have God directives, and this is my teenage years, then what happens is I get another job, and I'm making more money, but now I got to deal with the same crazy boss that was on my last job, because God's like, I didn't give you directives to leave that job, and so because I didn't tell you, now you think you finna get up in a new job? No, I'm going to send that same personality to chase you down on this new job, and then I got on the new job, and I'm like, okay, I'm here two years, whoo. I'm really not liking this, boss. Boom, I found another job. And then what God did is he sent the same crazy personality to find me on that third job and that fourth job and that fifth job until I got sick and tired of running. And then I got this last job two, two jobs ago, I would say. And I realized that every time I left the job, God tracked me down with the same personality. And so somewhere I had to turn around and face my future and realize that that was something that God wanted me to deal with. It was a personality that he wanted me to conquer. It was something he wanted to use to build me. And so I was busy running, trying to go back over here. I don't want to deal with it. And what God was saying is, no, I'm calling you to go here. But in order to go here, Angela, there's some stuff you're going to have to face right here. And so what he did is he said, look, every time you find a new job, I'm going to send that same personality on that job. Every time you run, I'm going to send it. Because in order to get you where I'm calling you to go, you got to face the things that I'm telling you to face. And so that's for some of us. Some of us are right here, but God is telling you to go here, but there's some stuff that you got to face that you're not willing to face. If you got anger issues, you ain't going here. You got to deal with those things. If you lazy, you're not going here because you're going to try to find a quick way to get over here to Canaan. And God's like, nope, the desert is the only way to get there. And so for some of us, what God is saying is you're right here in your in-between place. But you need specific directions. Don't launch out, Abram, and be like your father, Terah, and die in the land of Haran. No, hear my voice. Hear my specific directions so that I can tell you how to get there. I want you to hear this this morning. God protects, he funds, and he takes care of that in which he tells you to do. That's very important this morning. If God tells you to do it, then he has to protect it, he has to fund it, and he has to take care of that. Why is that important this morning? Because you don't want to get out there in your own will. You want to get out there doing your own thing. You want to get out there, and God's hand is covering you. He's protecting you. Because then God, if you need money in the midst of it, God's got to give you money. If God tells you to start that business, if you get out there and it seems like you're failing, he's got to scoop you up because he told you to do it. He's the author and the creator. If he told you to do it, then that means he has to protect it. If he says write that book, he's got to send some people to give you the money to do it. If he tells you get out that raggedy house and move from the hood to North Dallas, then he got to give you the money to do it. Because if God tells you to do it, then God has to fund it. He has to protect it. And he has to direct you in the midst of it. Does that make sense? I'm going to use an example. Uh, Kevin and Bree, come here. I want you guys to see this because this is how God showed it to me this morning. When I got up to study this word.
All right, so I want you guys to see this because I want to make it plain. I'm going to be the storms of life. I'm going to be the devil and play the bad person this morning. Kevin is going to be God, and Bree is going to be all of you. So I want you to see what happens when we're led by God. All right, you guys ready? All right, let's go. So every time Bree is listening to the voice of God, I'm trying to get Bree. And Kevin, Kevin is protecting Bree from me. I'm trying to get up to get Bree. And every time Bree is listening to the voice of God, God is protecting me from Bree. Because I want you to see this. When God directs you, it doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do. Every time he's short on your tail, God is giving direction. And look, Bree is getting away from me. And I'm trying to get, hold on, Kevin. I'm trying to maneuver. I'm a storm. I'm trying to get to Bree. But Bree is following God's direction. And so every time I'm after Bree, I'm on Bree's time. I'm tired. I'm tired of chasing Bree. God didn't gave her so many directions. I'm so tired. I can't even keep up with Bree. I'm a storm. I just slowed down because God then gave her so many quick directions that now it has me tired and I can't chase Bree down. Thank you guys. I want you guys to see that because that's what happens when we follow God's direction. Every time a storm comes, God will maneuver you like a football player and you'll spin away from that storm. Every time God tells you to do something, the enemy will be on your tail and it'll look like you're about to fail. But God will give you a quick move to keep you from hitting the pit because that's what happens when you follow God's direction. But if you do it, then there is no God there protecting you. So what happens is I can smack Bree upside her head. Why? Because Bree is listening to Bree. And so God is not going to protect Bree because Bree's out there just doing her thing. She's like, you know what? I come and go when I want to. I do what I want to. I do it how I feel it. If I want to go off, I go off. If I don't want to do it, I do it. And so Bree starts listening to herself. And if Bree starts doing that, then Bree has to protect Bree. And even if it's not that obvious, it can be the small things. If God says, I want you to get up, I want you to get up and pray. I want you to get up. That's his directions, which means if he tells you to do it, then he has the grace to get you through the day. You're looking at it like, I just want five more minutes. I just need 10 more minutes to sleep, God. I just, God, you don't know. I got, now you're telling the almighty, all-knowing God, God, you don't know how my day going to be today, God. You don't, I got to deal with these clients, God. You don't know how my boss is, God. The traffic in Dallas, God. I just need 10 more minutes. But God's like, look, if I told you to get up and pray, then I'm going to give you the strength you need to get throughout the day. So what happens? You're just like me. You hit the snooze button, and you lay back down, and then you get up 
way more tired than you was before you lay down for them 15, 20 minutes. Because when he tells you to do something, there is wisdom in why he's telling you to do it. If God says walk away, then there's something greater he has. If God say leave them folks alone, then there's something greater he has. If God say walk away from that relationship, listen, then that means he has something greater. He's not telling you to do something because he wants to punish you. He's telling you because he's trying to get you away from your past. And so you keep attracting the same men. You keep attracting the same women. And so he's trying to get you away from this. But you keep running back to it. And the same characteristics that was in this relationship is the same characteristics in this relationship. And so what God is saying is disconnect from that joker. Leave him over there and go to where I'm calling you to go. And yes, you're going to be lonely. And yes, you're going to be by yourself. And yes, there'll be moments that you'll cry. But I'd rather go to the future than stay in my past. I'd rather go to the greater than to be left here to die. I'd rather sacrifice and crawl and be by myself and roll and snot to get to this future place than to stay over here and die in the land of Ur or die in here where there's idol worship. I don't care what I have to do. And you got to get that mentality this morning. If you got to be by yourself, then you need to suck it up and be by yourself to get to the place that God is telling you that he's calling you to listen everybody ain't going you better listen to Angela McGill everybody ain't going some people are happy right here they just sitting over here on these charcoal this box about to bust they don't care they just chilling over here they not trying to go over there they like the box of bus and I just sit right here and I'm just gonna wait and I'm waiting till somebody come up and pick me up and take me from this past. And God's like, look, Joker, it's like I'm calling you over here. I'm not finna send no wheelchair. You got two capable legs. If you don't get yourself up, listen to my directives and move to where I'm calling you to go. And I believe for every person is that for some of you, it ain't that you don't have God directives. The issue are you're disobedient. It ain't that God ain't gave you instructions. The issue is you're being disobedient because God can wake you up and throughout the day speak to your conscience and he can tell you, look, enough is enough. It's time to walk away. He can tell you, look, it's time to move forward. It's time to let those folks go. It's time to leave that job. It's time to start that business. It's time to go after that house. It's time to do all this stuff, travel the world, see the world, take some trips, enjoy life. He's saying all this for some of y'all. And you're just like, man, but God, you don't know my life. You don't know what I got going, God. I ain't got no money to travel, Jesus. I ain't got no money to get no house. I ain't got no down payment. And you're telling the one who is all-knowing and almighty and all-powerful and got all the paper that can ever have paper, he created the paper. You telling him, look, I would, God, but I just can't do it. He loved me. She loved me. My mama loved me. I can't leave all them. They ain't going to make it without me. And God's like, who, who do you think is taking care of them right now? 
I'm telling you to go travel the world, and you like, but my mom and my daddy and my brother and my sister and my cousin and my grandma and my great-granny, who gonna take care of all of them? He like, who you think taking care of them now? Do you think it's you and your finite wisdom? It's him taking care of them right now. And so if you would get your lazy butt up and be obedient and walk out the things that God is telling you, then God would take care of these jokers. He might even cause them to walk by themselves without your help carrying them the whole time. But you being the crutch, you too busy being the crutch over here. You're too busy trying to be the crutch that they all lean on. And you're trying to give them all your money. And now you can't pay your bills because you're giving everybody else your money. And God said, if you will lead them folks and go after what I'm telling you, then I would take care of the people. And that's for a lot of us. We want to take care of everybody. We want to be God for everybody. And it's like if you would lead these people alone and go after what God is telling you, then God would take care of you. Leave them alone. Leave these folks alone. Leave these things alone. And turn around and walk after the things that God is telling you. And I believe that God has given us directives. I believe God has given us, some of us in this room, some specifics. But the issue is we keep giving him a bunch of excuses. And I'm going to use myself. A few weeks ago, God told me, he gave me this nonprofit a few years ago called wildfire for young adults and a few weeks ago I was like God uh, what are you telling me to do what are you telling me to do and immediately God says I want you to do wildfire I was like cool I was hype all right I pulled out all my notes from back in the day got out all my articles got ready to get ready to submit it I'm like oh I need an address first okay I'm gonna wait a week once I get the address I'm gonna submit it and I'm gonna get this nonprofit going so that was three weeks ago. And so this week, I got an address. And I was like, oh, well, man, that $500 is a lot to submit for that nonprofit. And I was like, well, I'll just wait till my next check, and then I'll do it. So that will be four weeks. And then I know in four weeks, I'm probably still going to be looking like, uh, do I really want to take that 500 and start this now? Now, God gave me. Now, I sat there and said, God. I want to know what you're saying for me to do right now. God says, Andrew, I love you. Boom, here it is. This is what I want you to do. When God told me it, I was hyped, just like y'all. Woo woo, I'm going to do it. Yep, I'm going to start that nonprofit. Yep. Then I started thinking about the cost to go with starting that nonprofit, not just physical. I got to recruit some people. I got to get people to help me. Got to get a building. Got to get all this stuff. Got to get permits. Got to work with the city. And I started thinking, man, that's a lot of work. And I already work full time. I'm helping out with the light. I got other stuff going on. And I started thinking like, man, that's a lot of stuff to do. But God told me to do it. So if God told me to do it, then God knows what it costs to do it. And God's got me. That's why he told me to do it. But just like with some of y'all, I'm giving God a bunch of excuses as to why I won't do it. And so now, the other day, I was like, God, I just really want to know what you're telling me to do, God. I just really want to know the direction, God, you want me to go. And now I didn't hear anything. I was like, okay, well, maybe he ain't listening. I'm just going on. And I was going down my dad, and I was like, God, I just, because that's how we talk to God. God, I just, I just really want to know, God, what you're telling me to do. And I didn't hear anything. And so I went, and later on that day, I was like, well, man, that's just kind of weird. God, normally, you know, he gives me something. And then I heard God say, I ain't going to tell you nothing else besides the last thing that I told you to do. And when you're obedient to that, then I'll give you some more directions. Jump over to Genesis 12 for me. 
See, I don't have no problem telling you where I mess up because I feel like it's going to help somebody this morning. So I, just like that, was like, God, okay, I got you. You're not going to say anything else. And so if you're in a place where God gave you some last directions and you haven't been obedient to those directions, I don't care if it take a lot, if it's a book, a CD, whatever. He told you to do some things, disconnect from some folks, whatever. You haven't done it, then, yeah, you're praying and God kind of silent. The reason he's silent is because he's going back to the last thing that he told you to do. If he said launch out into the deep, then you got to do that. Whatever he told you to do, you got to be obedient. I don't care if God said get off the prepaid electricity and get to the regular. Whatever it is that God told you to do, there's wisdom in why he's telling you. There's something he's preparing you for. And you got to be obedient to whatever that is that he's saying. Genesis 12, I want you to look at this. Because I love this, because Abram, when we look here, Abram launches out, but he doesn't launch out without direction. And I believe it's because he learned from terror. The Bible says, the Lord said to Abram, now mind you, from Genesis 11 and 30 to uh, Genesis 12, there's a time lapse there. That's not like the next day. There's some years that have now passed. That's significant because I believe that Abram learned from his daddy. And so he was like, um, yeah, you just died in this land that we got to. So I'm not going to jump out and do anything unless God specifically tells me to do it. And so we see here where God says, look, Abram, go from your country. Go from your relatives. Go from your father's house to the land in which I will show you. I love this because that's God saying, look. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to go. And so remember, that's what I started off. For some of you, God's just saying, go. You still stuck over here. He's just saying, go. For some of you, you're right here, and God is getting ready to say, go, but he's going to give you the next like he did Abram. This is where I want you to go from. Go from your country. Get away from your environment. Get away from those that are surrounding your environment and making it heavy and jacking up your atmospheres and stuff. Get away from your relatives all those folks that, now he's not saying all your relatives. He's just saying get away from the ones that you know, the ones you guys know. Then he said get away from your father's house, that place of comfortability. I love that. Why would he tell him to get from his father's house? Because one, you lost a brother in Ur. You got to Haran, which is a place of idol worship, which is 500 miles now from Canaan. Get away from this house because your dad just died there too. And so in order for you not to die right here, then you got to get away from this place. That's the thing sometimes is that where you are can be a place of unfruitfulness. And so it's, a, it's not a bad place, but you're not growing in this place. The people surrounding you are not growing. And so if I'm not growing... He's not growing, he's not growing, and we're all connected together, then you got to get away from this place. Why? Oh, we're all going to die here. Without growth, it's inevitable. Have you ever seen something that did not grow? If it doesn't grow, eventually it will die. And so what he's saying is get away from your father's house. Get away from this place of comfortability and go to a place in which I will show you. That's very important. He says, I'm going to give you specifics. 
Abram. And so when God tells you to do something, God's going to give you the specifics. He may not give you A to Z like me. You want A to Z. That's how I am. God may give you A to D. But he's going to give you just enough to say, okay, get from this place and go to that place. He's going to give you enough that you can actually launch out. But you gotta, you got to listen to him, and you've got to be looking for what he's trying to tell you. Does that make sense? And so he says, look, I'm going to show you a place, but first I need you to go. When you go, I'm going to show you a place. But this is like my favorite part. Look at verse 2. This is what happens when God gives you directives. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will see. So God didn't say, look, Abram, leave this place. I'm not quite sure where I'm going to take you. Just get out there. And I think I might think about blessing you once you get there. He, look how confident Abraham was when he left Haran. He says, get away from all those things. And then I'm going to show you a land. And he says in verse 2, he says, look, I'm going to make you a great nation. Not just like a great city. I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. So you shall be a blessing. So he says when he tells him to leave, not only am I going to take care of you, I'm going to turn around and make you a blessing for everybody else. So when God tells you to leave some folks, and, and I'm, I'm really pushing emphasis on this because that's what I feel like is the issue for a lot of people. When God tells you, it's not that God wants those folks to fail. What God's saying is if you go, once you get over here, you can be a blessing to them. You can turn around. Look, look at all this stuff over here. He's like, look, you can be a blessing to them, but you can't be a blessing to them over there. He's like, if you would go where I'm telling you to go, then once you get over here, you're going to turn around and I'm going to make you a blessing. But you got to go. You got to go to the place of greater, wherever that is for you. I can't tell you where your place is. I know where my destiny is. I know where God is telling me. And I know Angela so well to know that I would never stay in this place. I know Angela McGill so well that I won't stay here. And everyone connected to me knows that about me. They know me well enough to know that I'll crawl if I got. I'm, I don't care about embarrassment or nothing like that. What I care about most in life at 34 years is getting to my destined place. It's getting to the place that God has called me to be. It's getting to a place that if I die over here, I will be one happy woman. If I die over here, then everyone will know that my life meant something. From there to here, they will know that I had a great impact on this world because I was willing to leave my past to go to where God called me to be. I refuse to die right here. I don't care what people say about me. I will backflip my way to get to my destiny. I will body stroke I don't care what I have to do I'll be on my hands and knees following the directives of God until I get to this place and know something in me and, and this is what has to happen 
Something in you has to get tired of being tired of being tired of being tired of being tired of seeing that check and it's $200 and being tired of the IRS garnishing your wages and being tired of baby daddy after baby daddy after baby mama after baby mama and drama and drama and you got to be tired. And when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, everything in you will turn your back on folks and turn your back on relationships and say, look, I have got to get to this place of greater and if it's 500 miles listen to me I will take a mile a day to get there I don't care if I got to go 30 feet a day but I will go until I get to this place I don't care if I'm 20 I don't care if I'm 45 I don't care if I'm 75 it doesn't matter I will get my butt up and go after what God said for me because age doesn't matter what matters is when you're willing and obedient Abraham 75 when you're willing and obedient to go after what God said for you and somewhere you got to get tired of making excuses somewhere you got to get tired of crying that same old cry you got to get tired of being lonely and lonely and if I had a man and if I had a woman and if we could just have sex and if we could just do this then I would feel better and then I would leave no somewhere you got to be tired of that Somewhere you got to get tired of the same old drama he or she bring. Somewhere you got to get tired of the nagging. Somewhere you got to get tired of them weighing you down. And for some of you, the reason you can't move is because you're so weighty. You got so much crap on you that God didn't give you. And you need to throw some of that stuff off. You got so many relationships that God didn't tell you to get in. You connected to so many people that God didn't tell you to connect to. And the issue is you're trying to move, but they weighing you back. You're trying to go after the greater, but they like, baby... Why can't we just stay here? I like it here. I'm okay with the Motel 6. I'm okay kicking it here. But God said, man, I got something so much more in store for you. And I look at it like hotels. These people trying to keep you over here in the Motel 6. And God's like, I got the Omni Downtown Hotel in store for you. But you can't go after it because you're too busy settling right here. And so somewhere you got to get tired, man. And when you get tired, just like Abraham, you'll stop. You'll stand still. And you'll say, God, what are you saying? And when you hear the voice of God, then you'll be obedient to what he's telling you. And when you move, you won't stop. Until you get to that destined place. Because when God tells you to do something, man, you got to have every fiber of your being is ready to go after what God said. And listen to me. Man, my journey has not been easy. But I'll tell you, there is not, there is not a bone in me that's willing to quit. There is not an inkling in my mind of quitting. I will go through whatever I have to go through because somewhere it clicked for me. It said, if God told me to do it, if God called me to travel the world and to teach this gospel, then God got to fund that. Then God got to connect me to the right people to make that happen. If God called Angela to the nations and he said, Angela, you're going to preach in Africa then God's got to open that door. It's not up to me to open the door. He, gotta, he spoke that to me. He's got to open that door. I don't care if I'm preaching at the light in Oak Cliff. If God told me this is what I'm going, then he's got to open that door. He's got to connect me. So my job is just to be obedient to what he's telling me right now. And I don't care if it's I'm 45 and then I go to Africa. I know that he said it. And so it's got to happen because I trust him. And like Abram, I'll get out and I'll walk by faith. And I may be 45. 
I may be 55, I may be 65, and my foot will still touch the grounds of Africa because he said it to me. So if he said it to me, then it's got to come to pass. And your dreams may not be that big. Maybe you're just trying to get out the cliff, whatever it is. You can do it if you would listen to the directives of God. My dreams are huge because I believe that that's what God has said to me. And so I dare not shrink those dreams down to fit everyone else. I got to leave them big. And I don't care what people say. People can be like, you ain't never going to travel to where I'm like, cool, I'm glad you believe that. But if I believe it, then it's going to come to pass because I trust him. I don't care what the haters say. All I care about is what he's saying. And for some of you, you need to silence the voices. You got too many voices speaking in your ear. You need to silence them. Sometimes you got to get a place that the only voice you hear is God. I don't care. It's like sometimes you got to silence some voices. Sometimes it's your family. Sometimes it's the people on your job. You got to silence them. Because people can be some, some haters, man. They can be so negative and try to squash your dreams. You're like, man, I'm trying to produce music. Man, I'm trying to write some CDs. Man, I'm trying to do this. And they're like, how, how you going to do that? I mean, you grew up in a cliff. You ain't finna do that. Man, look at you. It's like, no, you got you to gotta get away from them folks. You got to get around some people that's going to pump you up. You got to get around some people that's going to be like, man, you can do that. Man, I'm with you. Hey, man, when you, when you drop that CD, drop me a thousand. Well, hey, where you going? I'm going. Hey, I'm pushing you. Because my thing is, I don't. I don't I get around people who are trying to be great because when I push you I'm like hey Alicia when you make it drop me 10,000 on that song I wrote for you don't forget about me when you blow up I'm gonna blow up too don't forget about dropping me hey hey I'll put that I'm like that I'm gonna push you I'm gonna be your I will be your labor pusher <laughs> go 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 because when you get there I'm like hey don't forget about me being when you're out there playing them drums around the world. Drop me something. Why? Because it's like I want to be around people who want to be great. I want to be around people who are trying to get to Canaan. I don't want to be around somebody that's just over here like I'm just chilling. Man, you're going to chill and you're going to stay there. I'm over here trying to get to this place because everything, I feel like everything that I need is in this place. There, there Last thing I'm going to say before we close out. Sometimes you got to chase passion more than you chase money. Money will not keep you. Man, you ever try to wrap up in some money? You call, you just piece some money together and try to wrap. Money, money won't keep you warm at night. You ever try to take some hundreds and just tape them together and just wrap them around you? Money not going to keep you warm. But if you will chase passion, passion will keep you. I know I got friends that have lots of money, hundred thousands, not happy. And I have friends that make 50,000, doing music, doing other stuff, totally happy. Because if God put a passion in you, that thing will fuel you every day. If you do hair, man, you're going to be like the best hair maker, breaker ever. Your weave just slay. It's just, it's out there. It's great. Because if God put that thing in you, then he will keep you and he will fuel it. And it will every day it will fuel you to get up because it's a part of your destiny. Every day you get up, you're writing music. Every day you get up, you're doing hair. Every day you get up, you, you're a dental hygienist. I don't know what you do. But every day you get up, you're a bag sacker, whatever it is. You're doing your thing and it's fueling you. Because what it's doing is it's drawing you to your destiny. It's pulling you even when you don't. And before you know it, you'll look. And you'll be like, look, man, that passes. It's real far 
but there's snacks and there's Gatorade and there's there's Reese's and there's some seasoning over here just in case I need it. There's some tape. Before you know it, everything you need because every day what was pulling you was destiny. Every day what was pulling you was your passion. Every day it was pulling you and it was pulling you and people was hating but it was pulling you and people was talking about you but it was pulling you and it was pulling you and before you know it, you'll be over here right where God called you to be. And so we don't want to chase money. We want to chase passion and purpose. And if you don't know that, then you need to go see God and ask him what it is that he called you to do. If that's music, if that's singing, if that's playing basketball, whatever it is. Some of us got hobbies and some of us got purpose. But your purpose will fuel you to this place. And for some of us, we need to stop and figure out what is it that God wants us to do. Because in your in-between place, you don't want to be randomly throwing darts. Listen to a person who has done that. It will take so much of your time up. You'll be out there throwing, maybe I want to be a nurse. Maybe I want to write music. Maybe I want to be a basketball star. Maybe I just want to chill on the couch and watch Netflix. And you'll be doing all this, and before you know it, it'll be 10 years and 15 years and 20 years, and you'll be 55 looking, saying, what have I done with my life? And now, because there's no time to start like now, but then you'll now be like, okay, I want to. I want to get in line with my purpose. I want to do what God has called me to do. And so if you're in the in-between place today, there are a couple things I want you to remember. One, don't move unless you have God directives. God, what he directs, he protects, he funds, he will keep you. If he's directing you, then you want to be led by him. That's the first and most important. Two, if God tells you to go, he's going to give you the specifics if you're in in-between place. But you've got to listen. You've got to silence the voices. And you've got to listen to the voice of God. For people that ask me all the time, it's like God doesn't speak to me. Yes, he does. He just doesn't speak sometimes the way you want him to speak. So sometimes we're looking for the Regina McGill. Thou art God. We're looking for that. And he doesn't speak like that sometimes. Sometimes I've heard the audible voice of God one time. But some, most of the time God speaks through his word. And a lot of times he speaks to what will really be considered our conscious. We'll be walking throughout the day and we'll be like, you'll hear something say, don't go that way. And then you go and it's a bunch of traffic. But it's like that's God is speaking through the Holy Spirit in us. And so he does speak. You just have to listen. And you have to silence the voices to be able to hear the voice of God. The third thing that I want you to remember is that the past really is supposed to be a place where you look and reflect on. So when I look back, this is supposed to be a place that I reflect on and I look and see how far I've come. Not a place of marinating on. That is normally an issue for a lot of people. We look and the past becomes a place where we marinate on it. And if you marinate on the past, then what will happen is you'll end up going back to the past. And that's a very factual statement. If I look and say, man, that relationship I used to have, man, back in 99, now I'm telling my age, 99, and I'm like, man, that was a bomb diggity relationship. And it's 2017. And I'm looking 18 years ago going, man, that ain't nobody like him. 
then what happens is I'll think about it and marinate it on so much that what God's trying to give me in 2017, I can't receive it because I'm too busy marinating on my past. So the past should really be something that you reflect on and something that you look and see like, man, I've grown from there. Thank God for that relationship because it built me. Thank God for this because it grew me up. But it should never be something you look at and marinate on. Have you ever marinated like some chicken or something? That thing soaks within that thing. You're marinating. The past should never be something that you marinate on. If you do that, then eventually you're not going there. You're going to go there. Does that make sense? All right, stand to your feet. Can we bless God for that word? Thank you, Jesus. My prayer is, man, and I know I get, I get super passionate about the word because this morning when I got up this morning, I was like, God, man, I don't ever want to be that preacher or teacher that just gets up to teach something just to teach it. I really want what I go through in my life to be an example for other people that they can make it. I want it to be an example for folks to look at and see that God is real. That he is an amazing God. That he can keep you and that he has greater. Sometimes when I talk, folks are like, well, I don't think God has greater for me. I'm like, are you crazy? God has greater for everyone. The issue is whether you want it or not. It's not that he doesn't have it. He has it. The problem is most people don't want it. Most people are okay check to check. Most people are okay with payday loans. And I'm not hindering you if that's your thing. But it's like I was that person. And somewhere I got tired of them. I got tired of them trying to repo my car. I said there's got to be more than this. Somewhere you got to get tired of it. So it's not that God doesn't have it for you. It's just do you want it or not. And yes, it's going to cost. You're not going to be able to just walk down the street and poof, there's your greater. It's not going to be like that. You're going to have to go through some stuff. And you're going to have to be willing to fight and fight the storms. And sometimes, don't worry, God going to jump in there and protect you. But some of it is on you. You got to be willing to move, one. And then, two, you got to be willing to listen to his voice. And the third thing is you got to be okay of whatever you got to go through. People are going to talk, man. I've had so many people talk about me. It's like folks are going to talk. At the end of the day, you got to get past. You got to get delivered from people pleasing. And you got to get to a place where it's like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be who God called me to be. And I'm going to go after what God called me to go after. Regardless of whether you like it or not. And I know that's a bold statement. But somewhere you got to get to that place where it's like folks are going to be folks. And you got to be so tired of where you are that you want something greater. You got to be so tired that you're willing to let go of everything that hinders you from there. And yes, it's, it's easier said than done. I will say that. But I want to tell you that God is faithful, man. God will keep you. When you make that type of decision, man, I don't care what life brings. God will keep you. I am 34. I turned 35 in May. But when I look at my life and I look at, I was just at my, we just got a house. And uh, this weekend, I moved into the house, man. I went to my bedroom, and I began to weep. Not like just an overwhelming sadness, but I began to weep because I started thinking about, man, how much God has kept me, how much God has protected me. And I don't say that in a religious manner. I started thinking about, man, just what? It's 2017. In 2012, I had my brain injury. 2013, I had to move in with my mom and, I couldn't remember things, and the doctor said I was going to die. 
And uh, I went through that for a year, not really speaking, going through all this stuff. And I looked at, man, it's 2017. I got a mic in my hand. I'm preaching the gospel. Man, I looked at, I, I ran across some uh, doctor's bills and stuff this weekend, and I reflected on, I went to over 27 different doctors, and nobody knew what was going on with me. And I looked at that, not in a sad thing, because I realized that God told me, Angela, when I was 16 and I got saved, he said, I'm going to take you there. The issue was God didn't tell me what was going to happen in my in-between place. He just said, I was over here. I was 16. I was angry all the time. I hated my father. I was just a real angry child. And God said, okay, I want you to forgive your dad, and I'm going to take you there. I was like, cool. I was 16. I want to go. The issue was God didn't tell me what all was going to happen here. I don't think at 16, if God said, Angela, when you're 20-something, you're going to go through a brain injury, and you have to quit your job, and they're going to look like they're going to repo your car. You're going to get evicted. You got to move back to Colleen, a place that you didn't want to move. You got to move in with your mom. She's going to have to bathe you. She's going to take care of you. She's going to have to comb your hair. She's going to have to feed you. That I would have said, yes, God, back here. I think I might have just said, let me think about it. Hold on. Is that the only journey you have for me? Is there another place you can take me to get to my future? But he didn't. And so when I started my journey, I didn't know that when I got here, that was going to happen. I didn't know that I was going to have a childhood where my dad was abusive. I didn't know that. Had I known that, do you think I would have chose that path? Probably not. I didn't know those things. But what I do know is I fully committed to God. I surrendered my heart and said, God, wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do, do it. Because I know that you got me. I know that you're going to protect me. I know that you're going to build me and shape me. And so I took off on that journey. And man, I've gone through some hell between there and here. And I can only imagine from here to there, I'm probably going to go through some more hell and some more issues. But I can also look back and say, I've had some beautiful days. I've had some beautiful connections. I've made money. I've lost money. But God has kept me, man, and all of that has made me who I am now. I don't have any regrets. I don't look back and say, man, if only I didn't go through that brain injury, then my credit wouldn't be jacked up. Then I wouldn't be trying to fix it right now. No. I look at it like the fire you see right now wouldn't be here if I didn't go through that. The person you see that is like a palm tree that won't break wouldn't be here if I didn't go through that. No, I've not been married and divorced and all that. That's not my testimony. But what I do have has made me who I am. And so when the storms come, I'm not so easily moved because he kept me in this. So surely he can keep me in this little bit of a storm. If he kept me when they said I was going to die and they had no idea what was going on with me, then surely that God, Jehovah Rapha, can keep me right here. And I want to encourage you with that this morning is that I'm not getting up here preaching something to preach it. I'm telling you what I walk out my own life is that God would keep you. He will protect you. If you have stepped out and taken a leap of faith, listen, God got you. And he's going to get you to this place. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. God, man, I thank you for every person that's in here. I pray, Father, for those that are at the past place, God, that you're telling to move. That God, today would be the day that they move, God. That they would go like Abraham. But they would go with direction. I pray for those that are in an in-between place, Father, right now. 
that you would give them specifics, God, that you would give them direction. I pray for those that are connected to people that they need to let them go. God, give them the courage to walk away from them this morning. I pray for those that need to go from their families and from their old familiar places that God, you would give them the strength to walk away this morning. Father, I know it's going to be hard, but God, let them know that you'll never leave them, nor will you forsake them, God. You'll be with them until the end of time. Father, I pray that they would know Philippians 1 and 6, that if you've begun a good work in them, that God, you're going to continue that work all the way until you come back. Father, I pray for those this morning that have no idea what I was talking about, God, and they have not given their life to you, that today would be a day that they would surrender to you, Jesus. I pray for those that don't know you, that, that don't think you're real, God, that today you would convict them when they leave out of this place. Don't let them sleep, God. Let this word turn in their bellies, in their mind, until they surrender their lives to you, that when they die, God, that they would live for you in heaven. I pray don't let one person leave out of this place and go to hell. I pray let this word, God, haunt them down, Father, until they surrender their lives to you. I pray for every person in this place, God, that if they heard this word and they want to do your will, but they just need your strength, that, Father, I pray that you would strengthen them this morning. Be Jehovah to sure, the God of their strength today. I pray for those that are in this in-between place that are frustrated and stressed and want to quit and want to give up, that you would be their Jehovah Shalom, the God of their peace this morning. God, give them a peace that passes all understanding, God. I thank you that I rebuke the quitting spirit, God, that not one person in this place will quit, God. But I pray that they would know that they have purpose, that they have destiny, that you're calling them to a greater place. Father, I pray for those that are just tired Father, be their strength this morning, God. Be the lifter of their heads, Father. I pray for those that just don't know what you're saying for their lives, that, God, you would share with them as they leave this place, God, specifically what you call for them to do, Father. Let them know, Father. Don't let them aimlessly wander, God, but let them know their purpose. Lastly, I pray for those that know what you called them to do but are being lazy, God, that are not wanting to count that cost. I pray that you would give them the strength, the mojo to do it, Father. And I thank you for that this morning, God. I pray that every person that leaves out of this place, I pray for businesses this morning, that every person that has a business or is launching out a business, that God, you would put your hands on it. And as they listen to you, that it will prosper. I pray for those that are doing music, music producers, writers, CDs, whatever it is. I pray for those this morning that whatever they put their hand to do, it shall prosper as they listen to your directives, Father. I pray for those this morning that want to be married but need to be healed from old relationships. Father, I pray that you would heal them from the past, that they could embrace the future. I pray for every person, God, that wants something greater. Father, be with them as they launch out to it. Some people want more money on their job. Some people want a new job. Some people want to travel the world and enjoy life, whatever it is. Father, I pray that you will put your hand upon it and bless it and cause it to come to pass in these next few weeks and months. And Father, let it be a sign unto them that your word is working in them, that you love them and that you have called them. And Father, I thank you for these many things. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and bless the Lord.